Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. So about Friday night, things did not go to plan for the Brisbane Royal. As their hopes of ending Sydney FC's unbeaten run to start the A-League season were dashed by a well-drilled and well-organised opposition side. Welcome to the Rocky Visconti edition of the Brisbane Football Review, coming to you from the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. I'm James Coglin here to host, and I'm joined by two guys that are the subject of lucrative transfer offers from China and Eastern Europe, Scott Owen and Adam Pace. I finally got that intro right. Guys, how are you? Yeah, not only did the result not go to plan, neither did your intro. <laughs> it only took about six goes for me to read it this week. <laughs> Evening, uh, James. Evening, Scotty and uh, listeners. Um, I think I might have to get these Mandarin lessons started, I think. Yeah, you're, I'm going to Eastern Europe. I'm off to Russia, mate. <laughs> so, should I be worried that you guys are going to be gone by the end of the month and it's just going to be me talking to myself? Yes, we'll see, it should be. We'll see how much money comes our way. You should be more worried about getting your intros right, but anyway. No, I'm just trying to lower my transfer value so that it's <laughs> easier for a better club to sign me. <laughs> All right, so, look, I don't think we really want to, but let's just get into segment one of the eight-league review and talk about the Raw's 2-0 loss to Sydney FC. Mm-hmm. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, so it happened. Yeah, I know. I, I couldn't really find the right way to describe it. But basically, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Sydney FC were far and away the better side. And it was a case of them doing really, really well, as opposed to the Raw struggling to find an, a way through Sydney. Oh, look, I think all credit to, um, to Sydney FC. I think they are clearly the benchmark. I think we got to stop deluding ourselves and thinking that there's a weakness because at the moment they look like the team to beat. And... Uh, Look, I think that we can take a little bit away from the fact that you know it was two mistakes that came under pressure. That what is what caused sort of the two goals for for the Sky Blues. So it may be some positives better than day. Sydney FC too too good. Yeah, they were really clinical. Sydney FC, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, you got to give them credit. But I mean, if you're talking about from the Raw's perspective, I thought we had a lot of possession in the game, had some opportunities to create, but there was no end product at the end of it. And I think that was the big problem in the game from the Raw's point of view. They weren't able to capitalize on all their possession. But it does kind of go back to the whole Graham Arnold factor where even when he was with the Central Coast Mariners, he found a way to really stifle the what was a potent raw attack. And he did that as well. So just to recap, so it was Alex Brosk and Milos Ninkovic that got the goals. That's correct, correct. And then Alex Brosk saw red and then the raw basically had the ball for the next half hour but couldn't really break through Sydney FC's 6-3-0 formation. Not the only one who should have seen red either, by the way. I think Josh no. Berlante should consider himself very lucky to be on the field as well. That's right. Well, it was our favourite A-League referee in Sean Evans <laughs> controlling proceedings, so we're not quite sure what goes on with that. But I think I saw he's now a FIFA referee as well. So he's <laughs> become the, world, the world's favourite referee at this rate. Confederations Cup for Sean Evans. Let's get it going on social media. <laughs> but, yeah, like we were talking about, so let's get into those red cards. Alex Brosk, I think it was a case of he committed three offences that were by the book yellow cards the second one was him kicking the ball away to free kick which we see let go what 75 percent of the time and he got let off with that one as well he got a talking to and then the second yellow card offence was where honestly if it was someone else someone a little bit younger you'd say that they were being really immature where he basically just kicked out at luke devere yeah it's a more maybe a bit of a soft one but i think it's a 
that's clear foul second yellow card. You should, he's got to go. I, think, I don't see why there's a complaint there. I know Graham Arnold said there's no complaint there. But Alex Broskin, the media afterwards, said he shouldn't have been sent off. So, And if Graham Arnold ha- doesn't have a complaint yeah, with it, what does that sure. say, Adam? Jeez, yeah, exactly. Look, it was just, a, it was just cynical. It was yeah. just cynical. Clear, clear yellow any day of the week. You know what? And, you know, he, he misses next game. And Sydney are very cynical in the tackle as well. If you notice, it's Berlante, O'Neill, these midfield types in particular. When you get past them, they'll just bring you down. And they don't mind picking up the foul for the betterment of the team. And, and I, I truly do mean this, mean this as a compliment if any of our outside 90 colleagues from Sky Blue Views are listening, but they do sort of remind me of that Jose Mourinho-Chelsea thing where they're just going to suck all the life out of the game and just make it impossible for anyone to have any sort of coherent string of play. Like, you remember when Chelsea mm. played Liverpool, was it 2013-14, give or take? Yeah. No, I, where they were basically time-wasting. Do you mean the game t- where Gerard slipped over? Yeah, that's That was right. my favourite. That says <laughs> <laughs> so the Man United supporter. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that that was that sort of feeling I got because when Sydney went down to 10 men, it was very much a case of, okay, well, surely the Raw have got to get one here. And they went for broke. They brought on Brandon Borello for, I believe, Jack Hingett. Yep. It was Friday night. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and, you know, they really did try to attack. But Sydney basically just said, we're going to build a wall here, try and break it down. And the rule basically couldn't. Look, I think at the end of the day, I think what Graham Arnold understands better than, than most at the moment is that, you know, what results is what's all matters. You know, they are they are seven points clear at the top. And, you know, and whether it's, you know, entertaining football or not, at the end of the day, that's, you know, the results count. And to your point, James, I mean, Sydney do have the best defensive record in the A-League. I think it's five goals conceded. And when they defend like that, it's easy to see why. Mm. So looking at it from a raw perspective, one of the players that really stood out to me was Dimi Petrados. He found a, he found the opportunity to get on the ball quite a lot, but it did feel like he his impact was stunted a little bit, whether it was by design or just he was having an off night. And, you know, that might have been one of those games where you start Brett Holman ahead of him. Do you think maybe that was something that was missed? Possibly. I thought he was a bit wasteful actually on Friday night. He had that good chance of the first half to, to the post he the near post, you put wide the post that have been, but that's well, I that was actually touched yeah. by the keeper as well. So that was, but I thought he was a bit wasteful, but he did have a good game getting into good opportunities. And that's the point I was making earlier. Like, the Raw got into some good areas with the ball, they just couldn't capitalize on them. So, I think there's there's positives there in that sense. They're able to open up opportunities, they just did that last pass and the, and the finish on the end of it. Yeah, I just think, um, I guess, especially in the first half, it exposed what, you know, is something of a hallmark for sort of Brisbane Raw teams. That's a lack of a plan B. Like, mm. they don't they didn't have that creative sort of outlet, you know, that perhaps, you know, Brett Holman in that number 10 role changes things. But sort of based on that, there was, you really didn't know where, other than there may be sort of, you know, a spark of life from Thomas Broch, for example. Other than that, you sort of really know where that creativity was going to come from. And to Adam's point, off the bench as well, there wasn't much of a creative spark there either. Arana comes on and has an impact. I think he hit the crossbar he hit just seconds after he came on. Yeah, it was yes. a really yeah. well-hit volley. But, but I thought he kind of disappeared out of the game. And Borello, I mean, I don't want, it's a hard thing to come on at, what, 20 minutes to go and they're down to 10 minutes and they're parking the bus. But he didn't have much of an impact either. And that's the thing, the raw bench doesn't have a, a spark on it at the moment that you're looking for someone to come on and really change the game. It's more like for like substitutions at the moment that they have. But also with the lack of impact from Arana, from Brandon Borello, was it a case of Sydney just didn't let them? Because it's not like they were really able to get into the box very easily. And I, I just thought like they'd get the ball down in the corner and then go, okay, so I count, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six blue jerseys in there and I've got to find Jamie McLaren amongst that sea of heads. It's possible. I mean, McLaren didn't get a lot of service on Friday night either. That's the other thing. 
Hmm. He was quiet, but as there you said... There were a lot of crosses hmm. into him, but when you're putting a cross into his head and you've got Wilkinson and Yeoman up against you, it's hard for a, a short strike like McLaren to make any service of that. And that is one area we have addressed before, that that is probably the one major weakness in his hmm. game as a striker is his lack of size, which not a lot he can do about that. Hmm. Oh, look, at the end of the day, you know, we also got to yeah, give credit to the Sydney defence. I said, I said five goals in 13 games. That's, you know, that's unworldly almost, so... Look, we, I think we try as we might, you know, without that sort of that crab spark or that you know, bit of luck, you know, a different game for Rana, you know, if that header doesn't uh, doesn't hit the post or the bar, you know, who knows what happens. So look, it's it's one of those things where coulda, woulda, shoulda. We shouldn't be too doom and gloom though, because it was a, the Raw didn't play that badly in the game. They did have their opportunities, and they showed that there's potential if they do meet later on down the line, there might be something in this for the Raw if they can if they get everyone fit and healthy and they have and they play well on the day, there's a chance they could do something because they have the attacking talent that can trouble Sydney, clearly. They just need to put it together on the day. And the one thing I did notice as well, like the Raw did keep trying to play those long balls over the top from Christensen and Mackay, but I, I, I'm going to give credit to Sydney centre-backs where they just went, no, nah, we're going to cut... well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they cut off nearly every long ball that was played forward and then they had, you know, a midfielder there to pick up the scraps and it just worked out really well for them. And I think it's I think it's the way they set up that you know basically you've got you know Wilkinson and Yerman slash Ryle you know in the centre back role, but then you've got Brillante and and O'Neill or Dmitrievich has also been there where they basically that's that those four that basically control the whole situation and they they just they just completely stifle um, any sort of attacks. Yeah, you've got to give credit to Sydney for that as well. I mean that that like the back three when you include Danny Vukovic in it has been spectacular, mm. and then the the shields in front of them have been really good as well. But you've got to give the fullbacks credit as well because Ryan Grant up against Tom Hill, who's a tricky winger. I know he's not in the best at the moment, Tom Hill. We'll probably talk about that another week. But I thought he controlled Tom Hill quite well, Ryan Grant, out there on the on the left-hand side for the right. I mean, we didn't get a great deal out of him on the night. Yeah, no, look, that's, and again, to the point as well, you know, it's it's uh, Ryan Grant and on the other side, you know, Michael Zulo as well. So they're, they're, they're a really good team. I think we, I guess... Even though now we're a raw show, you've got, you've got to give credit where it's due. And I think Sydney, they, they are going to be very, very tough to beat. Do we think they could actually go the season undefeated? Because I can't. I no. do think at some point they're going to have an off day and someone's going to beat them. I think I, I think Australia Day, to be honest. I think that's, that's where it ends. possible. We'll get to victory in the next segment, mm. but they're going really well at the moment. Mm. Well, I was just looking at it. So I did the player ratings for Outside 90 on Friday night. And boy, that was a fun assignment. And did anyone rate above a five? That's what I want to know. For the right? Yeah, I thought... Like you said, you're being kind, we. they didn't really play that badly, though. No, you're right. But actually, one of the things I noticed on uh, Friday night, and I don't know if you guys did, but early on, I got the feeling this could have been one of those games where Matt Mackay swore his way into a red card. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> he was amped yeah. up again. And look, I, I love that passion, mm. but yeah, you, you look at some of the ratings I did, because, well, I'm always right, aren't I? <laughs> and, That's what you think. Well, the Sydney <laughs> play... Like, We're I'd... the ones with big offers overseas. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've... Got an offer from the couch, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, you do look like the way the Sydney players, you know, came out of the game. I had them consistently one point, one to yeah. two points higher per position. And save for Josh Berlante, who I thought That's was That's a good way to sum the game up, really, in truth. They were just a little bit yeah. better across the board, Sydney FC. And, look, you did get beaten by a better side on the night. You can't really complain about that. There wasn't anything that, you know, we can look at and say, oh, the rule got screwed here. I'm sure some would, but really Sydney just played very, very well. And that performance from the Royal would beat a lot of teams in the A-League as well. That's the thing. Mm. Well, I think the next game's in early February, so hopefully it goes a little bit better. And yep, back I up think... here at Fortress Suncorp, James. Yep. Yeah, and it'll be another Maroon Day of the official? Week. I saw that. Is that officially happening? Brenton Speed 
uh, on the commentary said that it was going to be. So okay, I, ca- I can see that huge smile on yeah, your face right about now. I think it worked so well the first time, didn't it? I think we might have to put a, that question into uh, Raw HQ, I think, at some point. Yeah. I'll see about that. All right, so that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's time to take a look at the news and results over the last week, and we begin with the A-League recap. So, we are recording on a Tuesday because, Scott, you've got tennis tickets tomorrow night. Correct, yep. So, yeah, you'll be down the road at that tournament. Yep. Since we last spoke, though, Melbourne Victory have beaten Central Coast Mariners 4-1. That's all we really need to say about that game. And then the rest of round 13. So, the Mariners drew Melbourne City 2-2 in what I thought was actually a really entertaining game on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was, actually. Um, And, you know, I think the hero of the game was that ball boy that took out the (laughs) corner flag before Tim Cahill could beat it senseless. Yeah, Wilds gets corner flagged. Gosford says no. (laughs) I thought that was a nice little touch. Like, clearly someone had told him to do that, but... It's a bit. It's something a little bit different. Oh, look, I think at the end, I think I saw pictures after the game. I thought actually Tim Cahill actually took it. No, I think with, with light heart as well. So I think the, the kid gets his five minutes of fame and you know, and a, a picture with with uh, Timmy. But was it Yoshi? No, no, it wasn't Yoshi. <laughs> Thank you. Better watch out because Yoshi's going to be after. Yeah. yeah, well, I was going to say we haven't heard from Yoshi in a few weeks, so I was wondering if he's actually you know being put to work now. Maybe. I will say, I like the fact that Kale still followed through with the celebration anyway, even though the post wasn't there. I was actually half expecting him to follow through and like, you you know, jokingly do the ball boy and then give him a hug or something. (laughs) But yeah, it was good. All right, so Wellington versus Adelaide United on New Year's Day and here's a list of everything interesting that happened during that game. Western Sydney Wanderers played Perth Glory and drew 1-1 on a damp night in Sydney on, uh, was that another New Year's Day fixture? Yeah, it was doubleheader on Sunday. The weekend kind of blurs into one. Yeah. And, uh, these games got a blurred into one as well. They weren't that weren't the, the best. They're the hangover specials, these ones. Yeah. I remember when the Raw played Wellington on New Year's Day a few years ago, and that was honestly the quietest I've ever heard the den. The only thing I remember is James Donnerke got sent off. That's the only thing I remember about that game. But the Raw still won from memory. Did they? I can't remember that. <laughs> Let's just say they did. Okay. And then last night, Melbourne Victory took on Newcastle in Geelong. Bessart Barisha becomes the A-League's all-time leading scorer. That's score. after they fixed the, the line markings, by the way. Yeah, that's right. They had a very interesting... Uh, Interesting uh, last-minute scramble to try and get the 18-yard boxes. That's a couple of points off their expansion bid hopes. <laughs> mm, that, that's where you say you got the work experience kid over the holiday yeah. period. <laughs> and it finished 4-2 to the victory. It was, you know, fairly clinical overall. I thought Marco Rojas looked phenomenal. Barisha got the penalty to break the... controversy out. with some penalty decisions as well. One given, one not given. Shockingly, Brenton Speed disagreed with the referee. And Yeah. Hmm. All right, so that's... Uh, so they also congratulations to Best Up yeah. as well for breaking the A-League goal scoring record. Yep, absolutely. We, we will heckle him relentlessly when he does come to Brisbane, but 91 goals, that is an achievement. I did like the little joke Archie Thompson posted, and then there were a few people <laughs> that actually took it seriously. What did he say? The He's, milkman. What did he say? It was um, own goals and penalties. I never took those or something, <laughs> yeah. so maybe I should come back and just uh, get a couple of those for the record. And Oh, it was a good bit of fun. 
All right, so the A-League table at the moment, Sydney FC well and truly clear. I'm not going to say they're home and hose, but they're turning into their street. Um, for the Premier's plate, that is, not undefeated. I think victory could challenge them, actually, if you look at the table. I think. To Adam's point, in the last time, if they do win on um, Australia Day, that gap could close considerably. Very true. Particularly yeah. with their game in hand. Very true. Which I believe is actually getting played in the near future, isn't it? Yeah, it is in a couple of weeks, 17th actually. 17th is in, in Wellington. Yep, so then Brisbane Roar is still in third place. Melbourne City are in fourth. Perth, uh, Western Sydney are fifth and sixth, respectively. The Jets are still nipping at the heel, so their season's not over, despite the uh, doom and gloom proclamations of September. No, Newcastle's actually hanging in there, and I think the way Perth and the Wanderers are going at the moment, they might want to be careful, because they should be looking over their shoulders. Yeah, I didn't think Newcastle actually that bad, bad last night. I think the scoreline you know, maybe just sort of impugned a little bit, but um, they actually weren't too bad. Yep, and then you've got Central Coast and Adelaide bringing up the rear, the rear of the table. I cannot talk. That coffee's wearing off. <laughs> this is going to be a long night. Sorry, guys. All right, so we're going to have to put together a best of tape at the end of the year. I think compilation of all the cuts well, and stuff. The bloopers. We're yeah. going to have to have a very loose definition of best of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so W League. Brisbane's first game of 2017 was in the W League on New Year's Day up at AJ Park in Redcliffe. And so he took on the Melbourne victory to start round 10. Maybe they were still suffering from something on New Year's. I it don't was, know. It was just a bad day all around as uh, Mel Andretta's side went down 4-1 thanks to putting a dent... Oh, Melbourne... There. They went down 4-1. I didn't write this one. Went down 4-1, putting a dent in Brisbane's finals hope. So Laura Sparanovich opened the scoring for the visitors before Amy Chapman equalised for the hosts. Star of the game, however, was Natasha Dowie, who scored just before the halftime break, before adding two more in the second half for the first hat-trick of the season. Kind of got out of hand there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't travel up for this game. Obviously, hung over a New Year's thing, but <laughs> it, it just sounded like it wasn't the best performance from the side. I mean, and it's a bit concerning as well, because, I mean, we'll get to the table in a minute. The chances of the um, making the top four are, are slipping away at the moment, based on how other teams are going. Oh look, I think um, sort of give credit where it's due to sort of to uh, Melbourne victory. Like, so this is this is a team, mind you, that were um, that hadn't won a game. So, but Natasha Dowie, look, she there's no clear, you know doubting her class. You know, she's an England international, you know, former Liverpool uh, ladies player. So, look, she she always will take her. I think she actually went to the top of the Golden Boot for the ladies with the um, with that that uh, hat trick. So. Mm, all right, so some of the other results from the weekend. Perth and Newcastle drew 1-1. Another home game for Perth. Shocking that. City played Adelaide and finished 1-1 before Sydney FC beat Canberra 6-1. Nice even contest, that one. That was a big surprise to that too this afternoon, that game between Sydney and Canberra. I mean, you've got... I mean, because that's two sides who are in and around the top four and considered title contenders. I mean, for Sydney to win that convincingly, it's a bit of a shock. And at least the Raw didn't have the biggest loss of the weekend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, so the up-to-date table, which I believe you printed out how many hours ago, Scott? Uh, just before I came to here this afternoon, so it should be accurate. Okay, so Sydney FC women are on top, just like the men's side. 21 points, four clear of Perth Glory, who do have a game in hand. Canberra United are in third place. Melbourne City are on 13 points in fourth. Then you've got Western Sydney and Brisbane Raw, uh, three points behind in fifth and sixth. Then you've got Newcastle... They play this weekend too, by the yeah. way, as well. So that's going to be a very important game for finals positioning. Then you've got... Newcastle, Melbourne victory, and Adelaide. Now, I'd say, if you're going to say that, if you're trying to handicap this race at the moment, you would say Western Sydney have the inside track because they do have a game in hand over the Raw. So when, when are the Raw making up their buy, actually? I just think that um, the way the buys work, it's just the way it is. It's because there's nine teams in the competition, James. So you've got four games a weekend and somebody misses out each week. 
Fair enough. All right, so the next game is this Saturday as part of an A-League doubleheader at Suncorp Stadium, one thirty-five. So if you're in the vicinity of Milton and planning to go to the A-League game, get there early and support the women's team because it is, in fact, Claire Polkinghorne's 100th game for the Raw, making her the first player to do that. Yes, and congratulations to Claire as well. It's a fantastic milestone. And if you're listening, Claire, we'd love to have an interview with you. (laughs) Just a little subtle plug there. And, yeah, so she's joining Matt Mackay, Thomas Broich, Massimo Madoka, Michael Theo, Enrique, Shane Stefanudo, Mitch Nichols, Ivan Franich, Matt Smith, and Jack Hingett to play 100 A or W League games for the Raw. So that's a pretty good achievement yeah. considering. How many seasons into the W League are This is the ninth season. I had a look back to that. I think it's about it's less than 10 games overall that Claire's missed in the entire time of the W League. So talk about durability. I mean, that's exactly what, you, what you're looking for. And when you think about that Brisbane Raw W League side, particularly in the early years, Claire Polkinghorne was at the centre of it when they were winning championships as well, so... No, look, it's a marvellous achievement. Now, the Matilda's co-captain as well. I said she's a foundation player for the club, so, no, it's a very, very proud achievement. So. It seems like the club is going to celebrate it on Saturday as well, which is tremendous as well. I kind of I hope it's the half-time of the A-League game as yeah. well, so, you know, you get the people who are there for the A-League game, which will be a bigger crowd than the W-League game, let's face yeah. that. It's going to be a really good way to mark what is a phenomenal achievement. Absolutely. On to the Youth League. So the Royal Regain... Talk about a win for once. Yay! The Royal Regain control of Conference A with a resounding 4-0 win over Melbourne City on Tuesday afternoon at the CB Smith Reserve. Both Danny Driver and Joey Katabian scored two goals with the Raw now one point in front of City on the table with three weeks of competition to play. So, guys, what did you make of this game from uh, what we were able to consume <laughs> yeah, of it? There's not much to make of it other than the result because we have no idea what actually happened in the game. I mean, based on the updates, it sounds like the second half, to go- the second one was against the run of play. Because City, based on the tweets that were coming through, were creating a lot of chances of their own and could have equalised. But once the second one went in for Katabian, the gate, the floodgates kind of opened and the Raw ran away with it. Yeah, no, like I said, the, after after Danny Driver scored that first goal, it sounded like that, you know, they were basically almost you know, a very unraw term as parking the bus. But as I say, they withdrew, it was still a lot of pressure. And yeah, like I said, the second goal goes in. You know, I think, yeah, we... We sort of, you know, it looked like we, we ran away with it. There was a red card as well from, we don't know who it was. Um, yeah. but, so to be ten, confirmed, I think it was. He scored a couple yeah. of goals. No, this no, season. it was for Melbourne City, not for Brisbane. Yeah, for, <laughs> uh, but also, as well, the important result, that 4-0 result also as well, um, it gets our goal difference back into play, which I think with this conference, hey, it's going to come down to the final week. So to, be, to have that, you know, goal difference restored from the disaster at Redcliffe before Christmas, I think, you know, we're, we're back on track. We want to take it one game at a time, Adam, but I mean, I think mm. you've got to, I hope it doesn't go into the last week because that's the Raw's second bye week. So they've got, I mean, James will go through a table in a minute, but there's, the Raw have got two games left, one at home to Perth and, a, and away to Adelaide. And if they're able to win both of those, they will win the conference. It's if they drop points in either of them, this could get interesting. So no pressure on the kids. No, then. no pressure, but there's, a, there's it's in their hands again, which is a, all you can ask for. Well, we'll wrap up this W, uh, the Youth League segment. With a quick recap of the fixtures. So, Victory Perth playing tomorrow morning at 9.30 in the other Conference A fixture. And then Newcastle lost to Central Coast 2-0. And the Wanderers beat Sydney FC in the Youth League derby. Yes. So, 4-3. So, Conference A. You've got the Raw on 13 points. Melbourne City are on 12. Both of them have played six games. Adelaide United are on nine points after five. And then Perth Glory have played for three points, Melbourne Victory one, but I think it's safe to say those guys are out of it. It's, it's three, the top three. I mean, and Adelaide is hanging on in the race, but... Well, all the Raw now... Well, the Raw at least can sort of come away with the fact that if they take care of their own business, they're set. you also mm. got to factor in, last year it was the home game against Perth where 
things went AWOL for the Raw at home. It was almost a bit of complacency after we, I mean, we, we absolutely annihilated Adelaide, who, in the end, well, uh, to complete the story, that you now the Raw won 10 nil. But the, the, Harrison Slay got what six goals? He or did, yeah, yeah. But uh, but in the end, day we we lost to Perth and Adelaide. Actually played the conference final against Sydney FC. So the, the youth the youth league the, the form lines can be very very hazy. So I guess we can take nothing for granted until that final ball is kicked. All right. So the final regular season home game of the National Youth League season is this Sunday, ten thirty a.m. at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe. And I can honestly say, as an NFL fan, that sounds way more appealing than watching Oakland and Houston play. It is a very short backup, though, when you factor in the Saturday night A-League with the Raw. But hopefully people do get up there and watch them, because they do play some very good football, the young Raw. And it might be a chance to see a possible striker if the January transfer windows uh, works out a certain way. And how's that for a segue? All right, so you've got January... I'll get you your European transfer in no time. (laughs) I wouldn't mind going to Mexico, maybe, you know, get... (laughs) Get a show around Cancun or something by the beach. We'll have to wait and see. So the transfer window in the A-League opens tomorrow. What do you think is the biggest priority for Brisbane over the next month, Scott? Uh, I think there's three players that you've got to look at here. It's Jamie McLaren, obviously, has been much talked about. Luke Devere and Dimitri Petratos. All three have been in the media this week about their futures. All three are clouded. They're three players who are entering their prime years, and it'd be very good if the Raw can lock up at least two, if not all three of them, long term. But... You want clarity around their situation. You don't want this to drag on for month after month after month. Because as finals approach, you don't want off-field distractions as a, any sort of hindrance to the overall goal. I think as well now, but the good news is that it sounds like Thomas Christensen will probably sign for another year. So that's one piece of puzzle. But the, I, look, at the end of the day, the, the speculation on the future of these three guys, I, I think we as fans just want it done. Yeah. I think we just, just, we just cannot have this go for months and months. So either we're all need to put in the bid put in their, their renewal or sell them or whatever because like I said it just cannot transfer. And if McLaren is going over to Europe at the end of the season that's fine just announce it and say I'm, go- I'm leaving at the end of the year and that's and we focus did... on football which would be perfectly fine and reasonable because everyone understands he's a very good player and has opportunities I don't think anyone b- would begrudge him going. And we did have that story last week where he was linked with a move to Stoke I'm sure yeah. You know, no one would begrudge him a move like that to a Premier League I'd rather league him go to Stoke or anywhere like that rather than an A-League club. I think that, that would be the absolute disaster, would be Jamie McLaren suiting up against the Brisbane Raw next season. That would be the disaster. It and, just cannot happen. And the one thing that does kind of make me nervous is, you know, his first season with Brisbane, he showed that he could be a real mercenary when it comes to playing against your old club. Like, he scored against Perth a few times and honestly looked extra fired up for that game. So you kind of wonder if he does end up at the Wanderers or, like most former uh, Brisbane players in Melbourne, he's going to you know have that extra charge to go forward. Because you know if that's one thing both Melbourne sides need is another striker. Of course, but I mean it'd be nicest to have those three and some of the other important players like Adam mentioned, like Christensen, having some clarity around their futures. Hopefully they stay because they've done tremendously well. Well, Fox Sports did actually report that there was a contract on, offer on the table for I believe it was Petrados. So yeah, but, I think they're considering his options, which basically means that they're looking for. Can can you add another zero yeah. to the end of that contract? Pretty much. All right. So the one thing, one area I kind of want to see them address is, I suppose, defensive cover. Yeah. Because like we, I remember going back to our first show when we were talking about the squad, and we were saying there's not really a lot of fullback cover. You've got Daniel Bowles, but he's also the next center back up. So if with a busy sort of schedule coming along, can the Raw find another body to bring in? Preferably Australian, because you're not then worried about visa spots. Well, we do have visa spots. We've got spot visa spots available, yeah. James. And, of course, we have the Asian Championship yeah. coming up, so you've got a designated spot for that. But 
Yeah, you actually, you actually took my point right away from that. I think that's where, if anywhere we should be looking, we should be looking in Asia, looking for a, an Asian fullback, I think, as as cover to play. So, you know, because even though it might be one, it may be one, maybe, well, well, at least one game, and maybe two, but still, you know, we, we need we need that just that backup. Because if, if Hingott or Brown goes down to injury, our long-term injury, we've got real problems. The other thing is, I mean, we're coming out to the point where you're able to, you might be able to squeeze a player in as a guest player in the A-League and count them in the Champions League squad and keep use them for both. They're coming up for that possibility. I think that's the secondary concern. The first is to make sure we keep hold of as much of what we have as we can. The second is to add a little bit more depth, perhaps, in case things get busy towards the end of the season. Yeah, and that's exactly... And look, you know, a few months ago, we would have been saying we need a fullback to replace Corey Brown. But I'd say right now, we need someone that can fill in for Corey Brown because now... I think it's he- on the right side. We need more than the left as well, I think, because Conor O'Toole... I think I think we can rely on him in a short sample. I mean, I wouldn't want to rely on him regularly, but for two while, or three games, you'd be fine. Yeah, if it's like Corey Brown's out one week for suspension, you should you could be able to get away with it for one game. Well, and, the right back is actually an issue because, like I said, we, when we talk back about the youth, we actually don't play a specialist right back in that position. We have Dane Ingham, who by nature is actually a right winger, actually playing right back. So we really do not have that much cover other than Daniel Bowles in that right back spot to cover for Jack Ingham. And then also. You know, Bowles could wind up needing to play centre back as well. Yeah, so that's, that's where right. it all comes in. All right, so we've got a couple of other news stories we want to touch on very quickly. First of all, is the A League video referee trial. Scott, can you fill us in on this? What's yeah, going on? So there's a game in, I think it's late April, Melbourne City and Adelaide is going to be the first A League game where the video referee is going to be used. And from then on, it's going to be used for the last two rounds of the competition and the final series. So what you saw in the Club World Cup last month is basically what we're going to see here. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> no, but that's the no. that's the system they're going to be bringing in. I believe they've been trialling it behind the, behind the scenes throughout the early rounds of the competition, and they've decided now's the time to implement it. So, well, hopefully that's yeah. We avoid the controversy that we saw in the club. That, that's a, and actually, yeah, yeah. to my point, I'm actually saying now I don't like you know video technology. I'm just saying that let's just hope we don't have the calamities they did actually have in Japan. Yeah. Hopefully last not, month. but yeah. that's the style of technology mm. I believe they're going to be using. Well, for me, like the two real, I suppose. Uh, what's the, two qualities I'm going to judge this system on is does it uh, mean you get more decisions right and is it not disruptive of the game How too long much? How long is it going to take is my big concern. I don't want two, three-minute delays in the game just to go and check something I'd out. say anything over 60 seconds. Yeah. Then. But I'm trying to remember what exactly can be reviewed. Is it offsides and penalty calls or something like that? Definitely Any, penalty and, calls. Anything leading to a goal, isn't it, really? Yeah. Or is it, remind me, is it leading to a red card as well? I can't remember. There was like so there was allegations in the um, in the Club World Cup final that it was actually the video the video referee actually overturned the second yellow card, but uh, that that's speculation at best. But I know I know there definitely was a penalty that was that was given in the earlier rounds. So that's probably where where it's at. But I think you know, I need more clarity on what actually the powers of the uh, video referee technology is going to be. To be honest, the best system is the Premier League one where they just they don't have any of this other stuff. It's just the goal line technology and the ball crosses the line the. The referees, the referees on watch buzzes and he gives the goal. I think and we get the money from the um, to me, that's TV the best rights. system we, the best system out there. Yep. All right. So the other story that broke this morning actually was the resignation of John Van Skip from Melbourne City. I was honestly really surprised by yeah. this, but it is, it is a understandable story when you hear the full details where he's actually returning home to Holland to take care of that's his right, yep. father in uh, palliative care. Oh, look, so. and yeah. uh, I, th- I think it's a, a very noble person. Yeah, look, no matter what we thought of him as a coach, I think as a human being, I think it's a decent thing to walk away from a job like that 
Um, it just shows a family is first and something sometimes bigger things than football. So you know, I think we I, I'll agree. You know, we all wish him well. Now I hope that you know it works out for the best for him. As John Van Ship said himself, there's only one decision to be made. Yep, absolutely. Now the one thing that I'm going to be very curious about is the uh, who are the, Melbourne City are going to pick to replace him. Two names I've heard mentioned so far, more speculative yep. than actual fact. But uh, was it Tony Popovich, which would be a big statement of intent according to Sas Ognanovsky. Yep. And the other one was Josip Gombau, who's currently yeah. working with the FFA. That'd be my choice, because I think Josip Gombau is not coaching at a club at the moment. I think you can probably... Because he's coaching the under-23s, but so it's not, the, not the, the biggest job for him to have in the world. But I think you could probably get him. I mean, Michael Petrillo, the former Adelaide director who brought him to the A-League in the first place, is now at Melbourne City. Michael Valkanis, who's taking the team until a coach is appointed, is, was his former assistant. So there's some, there's some people there that he's worked with in the past that could probably... They would probably be looking at him. Whether he gets the job or not, I don't know. But I, to me, it would be a logical appointment if it happened. Another I personally agree, but the name you can sort of, I guess, you could be thrown there is Harry Kill. Oh, he no. might be. It's too know, soon for him. No. Yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> no, that's the thing. As like I said, there is some sort of you know speculation. He may even talk about Tim Cahill, player, man, player, coach sort of oh, role. Please let so, that happen. Please let that happen. Look, I, I look. I personally think it's a wide, wide open field. And look, and I wouldn't even go past thinking that Michael Valkanis won't keep the job after his, his um. You know, interim did he have run, a, so. like a was it an intern? In, he did intern role at Adelaide a couple of years he ago. He did. Yeah. Wasn't he the interim coach for almost a year with them? Uh they did because they did sack John Cosmina. This is before Josip Gombau. Yeah. And that, that was in, that was like an early season. So he. That's right, because that was the season the Raw played them in the finals down there and yeah. they won two 0 Look, so he he doesn't go so bad. So I wouldn't even put it past that. You know, maybe if if things you know go on track for Melbourne City for the rest of the season, he may be in the frame to to hold on to the permanent job. So I expect the normal names like Mike Mulvey etc to be thrown yeah. around as well. Miron Blyberg. No, he's oh. busy with the Brisbane bit, but. All right, so that's going to do it. We're going to have to get out of here on segment two. We'll be back with segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. So, with New Year's taking place over the weekend and everyone making resolutions, which will be done and dusted. Happy probably... New Year to everyone as well, both, yeah. both Adam, Absolutely. James and our listeners. Yep. Someone, someone sent a lovely photo of us. Which one, who did the photo on Saturday night? It's his idea and I put it up. Adam, I said, Adam, I pointed at Adam then. <laughs> <laughs> People who aren't in the studio didn't see This that. is an audio medium, yeah. Scott, so you're going to have to... I'm going to get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, so everyone's going to be making New Year's resolutions right now. Eat better, exercise more and... They're all out the window by now, aren't they? That's yeah. the way it works, isn't it? I've been for two runs already this year, so... Anyway, so with, we're wondering, you know, what New Year's resolutions are going to be taking place around Brisbane Raw and the A-League? So we sent out a few uh, questions on social media, and 
One of the popular things I actually noticed was, can the Raw please score more than one goal per game? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hmm. Well, they've had chances, which is, yeah. I suppose, a frustrating thing, but they're just not finding the back of the net the way they did last year. One of these games, someone's going to get hit for four or five from the Raw, but it's just a matter of when, because they create the chances to your point, James. It's, they're just not going in at the moment. Mm. I think McLaren was at two games, two games in a row without a goal now. Yeah, I know. So I think he's never. I think he's never gone three in a row without a goal for the Raw. So, and I believe his last one was from the penalty spot. Possibly. So for me, for me, like overall, if on that goal scoring thing, I'd just like to see Jamie McLaren making a resolution to score more goals from open play, yeah. and you know, perhaps most importantly, add another zero to his uh, value on the next contract. Someone's going to score some goals for the Raw because they're not scoring enough at the moment to the to point. Mm, well, speaking of someone else who needs to uh, make a resolution to score more goals, Tommy Orr. Like, he's getting really close, but he's just... I, there was one moment on Friday night where he was... It's going to drop. Yeah. It, it's it's got to drop at some point for him. And that's, that, I think that's where, actually, the goals might come from. Is is I think we're all waiting for Tommy Orr to hit the back net. I, it's, like I said, it's going to take one goal, and I think it'll change. There's a bit of social media criticism for Tommy Orr at the moment as well because of the um, he's not scoring goals and the stuff at the moment. I do think it'll turn for him. I think the criticism is a little bit premature at the moment. Oh, look, I, think, I don't think he's playing that badly. Other than at the weekend where Ryan Grant kind of had him under control, but for the most part, he's been solid. He's been good, but not great. And yeah. I think there was a moment on Friday night. I was just saying where he had a clear shot on goal and opted to try and feed it to McLaren instead. And to me, that just says he's a player that's not quite as confident as he could be, and he's just still got a bit of work to go. All right, so I'm going to read out some of the good ones we got on. Uh, Facebook, we had Andrew Hoyt with uh, possibly my favourite one, otherwise known as a raw solution to re-sign our current players. Um, sign a better yeah. striker from Sean DeBerka. Well, I'd just take another striker personally. Mm. And then uh, Martang Donahue said, Luke Bratton will try this year to re- resist the urge to get cornrows again. Speaking <laughs> of hairdos, we've got one from uh, Steel CWS on Twitter. Brandan changes ha- changes barber. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a rat's tail is an appropriate uh, option so? for him. Uh, I think along with the rat king, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, James Frost in it says, Honestly, I think it should be acquiring sponsorship. It's a goal that would really require us to fix any underlying problems within the club to make us more appealing to a sponsor. We currently have one shirt sponsor. No wonder we're broke. Well, I don't think the Royal are really broke, though. How many shirt sponsors do other clubs have, though? I know Victory have one for home and away, but... They, they've got... What was it? They've got... Yeah... Yeah. One of the fast food chains and then a the slimming product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, my wife, actually, of all people, actually picked that up. So I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, whoever's in their yeah. marketing department is doing a really good job there. Yes, conflict of interest, never. <laughs> but I do think the Royal have got a lot of sponsors while they've picked up a, a few over the last couple of years. And I'm not going to mention them on here, but they have picked up a fair few on recently as well. So I don't know how many more they can actually attract at the moment. Mm. It might be a case of increasing the value of those sponsorships. I think it may be a case of the sponsors are there; they just don't commit to the money to actually, you know, to go the, you know, the full shirt. You know, I think the the controlling sponsor, you know, may have may have that locked up. So uh, look, you know, any money is good money. You know, so yeah, I think it should be a resolution more sponsorship. And I don't think you really need um, you don't really need your jersey looking like a NASCAR vehicle because yes, if they have opened up the sponsorship categories as well, they previously weren't allowed to have car manufacturers as a sponsor. You weren't allowed to have alcohol or or gambling, so those have been opened up, and I think they're all picked up a couple in those categories. So We'll have to wait and see how that uh, goes forward then. A couple of the ones I'm looking at from the squad, I would say, for me right now, Jack Hingett, it's decide, am I going to be a goal-scoring right-back or an assisting right-back? Because he's, he's getting forward and getting in positions right now, but 
he's not quite getting that one on target because he had that game just before Christmas against Central Coast and he was in, in position, so maybe practice a little bit of shooting, Jack, and get yourself on the goal-scoring thing because I know some of your more loyal fans would love to see you. I think it's supposed to be just keep playing the way he plays because I think he's going well at the moment. It could, could be a uh, gold jersey in it somewhere if he keeps on going the way he is. So. What do you think, uh, Matt Mackay swear jar? <laughs> That'd pay for the off-season overseas trip, wouldn't it? <laughs> And uh, one of the other stories that uh, we saw mentioned before was uh, try and re-sign Thomas Christensen because apparently they're making moves to do that. Yes, that was in the press the last 24 hours. They're supposedly entering negotiations now. They want him to stay. He wants to say he's happy in Australia. So hopefully that gets sorted out quickly. All right, so I think that's about all the uh, news resolutions we can think of. Except maybe Graham Arnold can try and remember that he's actually in Australia, not England, and stop trying to compare them to different Premier League clubs. Mm -hmm. They stopped whinging, but that'll never happen. (laughs) He wasn't bad last weekend, but that could have actually been because they won a big game. All right, so another thing that really jumped out to me was talking about how certain A-League clubs have feature matches. We were talking about this in our Facebook conversation during the week, and you know, Central Coast have got their traditional New Year's Eve home match. You've got the Big Blue on Australia Day. The Victory have got the pre-Christmas derby. And the Melbourne... No, that's a Melbourne City pre... Melbourne City got the pre-Christmas derby. Melbourne Victory have got the... um, the, the night before the Melbourne Cup, they have always played well into Phoenix then, so they've got a marquee fixture to a point. The Raw don't have one at the moment. So that was going to be, you know, something for us to discuss here. Would you like to see the Raw actually get some sort of regular match that everyone in Brisbane can actually say, all right, well, this becomes a regular event for us? It obviously works, you know, even in a place like Gosford where their crowds go up almost 50%, you know, because of you know, occasions. So I think... I think at some point, I think you know, the, the powers of B need to look at least, you know, giving like we don't have a derby up here, so we've got to give something to the to the fans. Even the, and this is not talking about guys like us. We're talking about you know the casual fans that you know probably never even hear of the Raw. But I think it, that's the game. Like I guess on in, on Central Coast, they all know New Year's Eve. Yeah. You now it's actually the races. It's, an event, really, isn't it's actually it? the races, then the game, and then the fireworks afterwards. And then that's a, so maybe maybe I know they tried something with Yeka. Holiday for FFA Cup. I'm not sure if that worked. I it's think it's very, very hard. At, you had some year. extenuating circumstances. That yeah, night. but and you're not guaranteed to get a home game that for that fixture as well. So there's no like that for me. The echo doesn't really work. Yeah, no. Well, it's, it's, it's pre-season. You no, know, August. You no, know, mid-August is still pre-season. So that that was just, I think luck of the draw and maybe that wasn't negotiation. But it just doesn't seem to be a maybe. I don't know. Maybe Good Friday. But I think it's it, sometimes it's even in the finals. So. Look, it's, it's hard, but I think it's something that they need to look at. To your point, all those games you're mentioning are an event. The Gosford game, they treat it as an event. The, the, the Raw, they had the Boxing Day derby. Mm. But I think all these clubs, they actually manufactured these things themselves. I think they, Victory are the ones who created the idea of the Melbourne Cup Eve game. Mariners took the idea of the New Year's Eve game. So I think it's on the Raw to come up with this, an idea of we played on this day. And there's not, re- there's not many left yeah. either in the A-League calendar when you think about it's- it. A lot of them have been taken up, but I don't think Christmas Day is going to be an option. No. In truth, either. No. Not in Australia. And no. I think as we saw on uh, last weekend against the Wanderers, we saw where the numbers were down a little yeah. bit for that December 23rd yeah. game. So it's not like you can even say, you know, the Raw have that pre-Christmas fixture. So you have, you know, Friday night Brisbane, yeah. Saturday night Melbourne. Because you, uh, could, you could actually capture the Boxing Day one and say, we will play at home every day on Boxing Day. And they tried that with Sydney a couple yeah. of times after that Gold would, Coast. That might over. be the best idea to try and use that day as the big... Big one for the Raw. Because it's not like the there's, you know, the cricket in Brisbane like there is in Melbourne. There's it could be a good one to target. The only other It is Christmas, but by 
Boxing Day night, most people's Christmas festivities have concluded. But I think you... if also as well, if you want to give the opportunity to the, say, if, if we're going to host it in Brisbane, you want to give the opportunity to the away fans to actually yeah. make an event of it. And I think maybe even Boxing Day or the day after, say, for example, it's against Sydney or something like that, at least it gives them opportunity not to travel on Christmas Day, but Christmas morning, be up here, Chris, you know, Boxing Day night. So yeah. I think, yeah. Play it, Perth it's... midday on the 27th. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Haven't they whinged enough? Well, but uh, for me, it's either got to be Boxing Day or the Easter weekend. And I know clubs can actually put in their preferences, like when there are concerts on at certain stadiums, they can say, well, we can't really play here then. So maybe even if they have, you know, Easter Thursday or something, which they did try against the Mariners, but that was when neither club was flying high. So that turned into a bit of a fizzle. It's a good point you make, James, as well, about the um, the concerts, because maybe the Raw just say that we don't want games in December. That might be the concession the Raw asks for every year. We don't want games in December because we know the field is going to be chopped up because of concerts. And the trade-off might be, okay, you won't get a, a special day for a marquee fixture. Or in the seasons where they have 14 home games instead of 13, they're able to say, all right, we get one home game in December, you know, the weekend of a concert or something, but we're going to play at Gold Coast, yeah. Toowoomba, Sunshine Coast, even Cairns Cairns, yeah. Look, Cairns worked the right... Uh, Towns will win the new stadium opens in mm. a couple of years, perhaps. Yeah, you never know. That could be a good option. Opening opening game picture. I don't know if the Cowboys will allow that, but uh, like like as a test event, yeah. Northern Fury yeah. certainly won't like it. That's oh, for sure. Oh, oh. Well, you, could, you could actually see the Raw and Northern Fury open up that stadium. You never know, just in preseason friendly or something. Well, look, I don't know what the construction timelines are on that, but look, it'd be nice if now the Raw at least audaciously could actually try and. You know, play a game, you know, a, a marquee game up there. I know Just, Perth Glory are trying to get in for a big marquee fixture to open up the new stadium in Perth next year mm. as well. So Haven't they got the Socceroos for that? I, I don't know. I know the Perth are trying to get in, the Socceroos, I mean, I don't know, it's something. They want a football event for the first one before the, that's the, thing with the, A-League. the cricket next summer. That's the thing about the A-League, you know, that you want you want ambition. That's the sort of yeah. outside-the-box thinking that you, know, that you would hope and expect, you know, to, to come out of this. So. Well, because I know... Like with the Easter weekend, because that's the date that I keep going back to. Is it changes every year though, Easter? That's the problem. I mean, it might be in the season, it might not. But you would be able to say, all right, Easter weekend, you know, every Thursday or whatever. Adam, just turned off your microphone Actually, so you can have a drink. Easter Thursday, <laughs> I believe, is the, the I believe the AFL the Wines play on Easter Thursday, so maybe that might not be the best idea. Yeah. Well, okay, Easter Saturday then or something. Yeah. So it's you know school holidays, you know, and look the week dates of the weekend change every year. But it's still Easter yeah. in and of an event itself. You can't really have Anzac Day because that's no. in finals time. Yeah. So It's also not really a day for sport either. It's a day for... The AFL disagree with that. Well, yeah, that's true. AFL do, so that's the only All right, so we're just going to do a quick-fire mid-season review now because that feature game debate went on longer than expected, but I'd say it was good. All right, so we've got uh, what's gone right, wrong, who's impressed, best moment, and thoughts going forward. So, Adam, quickfire thought from you. Look, I um, I predicted that Melbourne that Melbourne victory and Sydney FC were going to be up there, and lo and behold, they're there. I think, I think it's a year where the big clubs are really served. You know, after the last season, having some pretty ordinary season by their stands, they've really put in. I think I think their recruiting is starting to match that, their ambition. I think, yeah, one and two for them, yeah, it's no surprise, really. So your best moment is that your preseason prediction was right. That's right, for the moment. <laughs> well, for me, it's round one, Luke Devere. Along with the, the Melbourne City game, that would be the two standouts for me. The worst moment would be... 4-0 to Newcastle. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the youth debacle when it got rained out and then they played two weeks later and they lost. So I, I'm still not over that. But Was that just because it was a ridiculously long trip for you? Yes. Yes, it was. 
I'm watching the A-League game afterwards on a bit of a delay because of the satellite dropout. My best moment was actually, I would say, the arrival of Thomas Christensen. He's been a real revelation for the squad. And I don't want to say he's the best player on the pitch for the Raw because I think he's got some pretty good competition, but he's right up there. And transitioning, if I can spit it up, taking your your problems from earlier, he would be one of the players you would say who has impressed Thomas Christensen. He's been sensational since he's joined the Raw. I mean, there were some question marks over him given he didn't play much in preseason. Is his injury history going to catch up with him? But he's been absolutely brilliant, an important part of that Brisbane Raw midfield. All right, so Adam, what do you want to see going forward for the Raw and the A-League for the second half of the season? Look, I think business is normal. I think um, top four, I think, has been acceptable. Um, look, I, I, I think you know, they're, they're above expectations to a point. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think where they are at the moment, if they can maintain that, you know, who, who knows? Like I said, it's going to be a tough period coming up, you know, and it all depends on now how far we get in the Champions League. That's going to yeah. be played. But if we can at least maintain the standard, get in the top four, then let's see what happens because it is, it is a new season once we get the finals. Home final will be nice. But we need to score more goals. That would be the thing we need to improve on, scoring more goals, and that'll mean you pick up more wins and stop drawing as many games. How, many, how important is Champions League qualification for you guys? I'm a big Champions League fan, so I would love to see us progress as far as we can in that competition, but it's the question this year, is it realistic? No. Is it worth punting it and worrying about the league because it's such an unlikely... It's Who's an interesting Carlos question. Tevez? They'll be fine. <laughs> oh, look, uh, no, me personally, I agree with Scotty. I'm, I'm a big um, Champions League sort of fan, but you know, if, if I'm thinking objectively about the Raw, you know, losing, losing in Shanghai to Shanghai Shenhua, if that's how it goes, um, look, at the end of the day, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And that's, I think people, I think fans need to realise that, that what they're up against is that, yeah, it's not, it's not the end of the world. So We've seen the Chinese League's been investing heavily in the past and it's continuing this January, so that makes it even more unlikely, but... And just maybe looking at it a little bit more nationally, for me, the big thing is I want to see the FFA get their free-to-air deal right. Yep. That's, that, for me, is the biggest issue going forward for the A-League right now, that and solving the diving problem. It would also be nice to see Newcastle make the final for the first time in about seven years as well because that market's been through a heck of a lot and they do deserve a bit of finals experience. That's it. All right, so that's going to do it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. Before we preview this weekend's game, Scott, can you remind us how everyone can get in touch with us? Okay, so you've got our social media on Twitter at Raw Review, our Facebook Brisbane Football Review, our podcast you can listen to on Audioboom and iTunes. We're on Switch 1197 as well, and we have record fan camps as well. I've had a bit of trouble with them lately as well, with just getting them up online. Techn- yeah, technology gremlins are coming after me again, but thankfully I haven't blown anything up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... This Saturday, 4.35, I think it's the one Saturday afternoon game the Raw have this season. Good. And they're playing Newcastle. We were talking about this like before we started recording, and it's a little bit of a weird fixture because yeah. maybe I've still got a little bit of lingering 
kind of getting yeah. lost at the moment, this fixture as well, because obviously you mentioned the tennis is on down the road. There's the, the um, cricket as well. I mean, it's kind of getting lost at the moment, perhaps. So it'll be interesting to see just what the crowd is this weekend as well. It'll be a good test of just how much support the Raw do genuinely have. And at one point, this was actually one of the Raw's most competitive fixtures. It was, yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I said, we always, like, there's a spot in Newcastle's um, sort of woes in the last few seasons. It's always a game that you was guaranteed you think, oh, that's one that the Raw need to be careful of because that's a Barfield game. This, and this yeah. game on Saturday is no different, I believe. I mean, you'll go to the record in a minute. Newcastle's record up here is sensational. Yep, so uh, at Suncorp Stadium, they've played 16 times. The Raw have won four, drawn five, lost seven, scored 11 and conceded 20. Yeah. And then all-time, it's 13, 11 and 11 out of 35 games, scored 42, conceded 40. So make up for it back in Newcastle, really, don't they? It's yeah. one of those where you favour the away side. Well, their last game was round two, 4 nil to Newcastle, none of us really saw yeah. that coming and it was a real surprise. Is there anything the Raw can sort of take from that game, Adam? I just think don't fall and make the same mistakes. I think don't take Newcastle lightly yeah. and uh, we've got to play to our game. Look, uh, no. Control Andrew in the boot might be a game plan as well. That was right yeah. in the middle of his big peak. The one other ball. thing as well is that you know Newcastle are on the short backup as well, so that may play in our hands, but we've got to actually exploit that. One other quick stat, James, as well. Joel Griffiths scored in eight straight games against the Raw, dating back to season two through the end of season four. Absolute Th- nemesis for the Raw back in the day. Thankfully, he's not suiting up this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Although, that being said... I reckon like, in the mid-30s, I mean, Luke DeVere would have him under control, but you never know. I think in, in his mid-30s, even I might... No, actually, that's true. <laughs> no, ridiculous. you wouldn't even... No. <laughs> anyway, so... Coming out of the last home game, the playing surface was a real mm. issue for the Raw... Are we expecting anything better this week? I'm really interested in how the playing surface has recovered in the last two weeks because it will get a really good test on Saturday afternoon because it obviously is a double-header, James, as well. So you've got two games on the field. I mean, it's fantastic to have these double-headers as well because you get the women's team playing in the big stadium before the A-League side. So you get more people that are watching them. It's fantastic. But I'll be interested to see just what the field is like and how it plays throughout the two games. Yeah, look, uh, the chatter is that it should be improved, you know, two weeks, though. Can't this, be any worse, can Though it? this rain in the last uh, you know, day or so may put pay to that. So, you look, you're right. It can't be much any worse than what was, you know, against Western Sydney. But still, yeah, that's... Unfortunately, this time of year comes to the territory. You know, we always have to worry about what the playing surface is going to be like. And, yeah, as you mentioned, it is shaping up to be a very wet week here in Brisbane. So, you wonder that how... That might actually benefit the playing surface. We'll get a bit of grass onto it as well. Not with the amount of mud they had last week. Mm. I don't know. That's just... It is something I'm a little bit nervous about because, you know, one badly timed slip and, slip and all of a sudden the Raw could be down to Newcastle. What we don't want is the Wellington game a couple of years ago where a, bad, a, a slip in defence and you're down and second half the, the rain comes and it's washed out. That, yeah, that's That's right. absolutely what you don't want. And on, it was on a similar sort of playing surface as well. Hopefully we won't have a monsoon like we did that day. Well, like I said, just the, the, yeah, so it springs to mind that you know, these Brisbane-Newcastle games have been tourists for some... Wet weather games. I remember one certain game in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, yes. Uh, former a former defender of ours, so shall remain nameless. Matt had a really <laughs> had a really bad time. So let's hope it doesn't come to that. But yeah, that might so have been his lowest moment for yeah. the club. It was just oh, yeah. great player, Matt Smith. But... Oh yeah. Well, if that's your low moment, yeah. that's actually not a bad career resume yeah. to have. But it was just, I I just remember watching that, going, "You've got to be kidding yeah. me!" And that was actually one of those games where I remember thinking, "Are you going to call it off?" And then a few weeks, a few months later, they did against Wellington. Funny thing, actually, about that Wellington game, I was running a 10k race during that monsoon. Oh no! So I got home and like I had heard, I'd felt my phone buzzing all through the race, and I thought, oh, something interesting must have happened. Little did I know, the game's been called Extra off. Extra interesting, yeah. 
I know I got to well, I think it was seventy first minute, and I'm just sitting there going, "Why are they stopping?" <laughs> Why the free kick too? Why can they just take the free kick and then call it off? But anyway, yeah, that's revisionist history. Yeah, so it could be an interesting weather game because I don't feel like the Roar have had a whole lot of those lately. Not lately, no. I can't think of one last year either, really. I think the last year, the closest thing they had to a weather game was a few in high humidity. Yeah. Well, Cairns would have been particularly hot as Ooh, well, yeah. so. Mm. That's about it the was. closest would have been, yeah. Yeah, and if the Fox Sports guys are doing any sort of broadcast from the sidelines, they'll be hoping it's actually quite pleasant as well. <laughs> All right, so rest of round 14. So you've got Thursday night, Perth Glory and Wellington Phoenix. Perth at home again. Melbourne City playing Western Sydney Wanderers. Saturday after the Roar, Adelaide United, Melbourne victory in the Oh How Far Adelaide of Fallen derby. And then Sunday's game is Central Coast Mariners against Sydney FC. So let's start with around the league prediction, Scott. Oh, there's only one game here that I'm looking forward to. It's Melbourne City and the Wanderers. I want to see how Melbourne City cope with a new coach on the sidelines. And the Wanderers need to start picking up some wins as well. Because we mentioned earlier, Newcastle are breathing down their neck for the finals place. And... They better be careful if they want to be in the finals this year, the Wanderers. They might need to start winning games. Um, look, the Saturday night game, not we'll see all of it because uh, we'll be out in Northern Plaza. But uh, Please join but, us. <laughs> but Adelaide Knight of the Melbourne Victory, the original derby is always a game. I think form lines doesn't always uh, sort of compute to that. I think Victory are flying, but you know, Adelaide seem to sometimes you know find their way, especially over in Adelaide. Adelaide have played them close this year from memory when they've yeah it was yeah. over in Adelaide in like round two I think it was when end to end game and victory scored in stoppage time to win the game. So you never know what could happen. So, so you had a prediction for that, or am I just hallucinating here? Um, Adelaide. No, I just, I just looking forward to it. Did you want a prediction? Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought it'd be a yeah. draw between Melbourne City and the Wanderers, but both need three points. Well, I'll, I'll go two two in Adelaide. I'm going to say that. Perth are going to beat Wellington by more than two goals. Okay. So, mm. yeah. So, now, predictions for the Raw game, the one we actually really care about. <laughs> the most important game in Australia is when the guys in Orange are playing. Always. So. Scott, prediction? I think I'll go with 2-1 to Brisbane Raw, going against the historic nature of the fixture. Home, home team will win, hopefully. I reckon I'll go 3-2 to Raw. I'm going to say 3-1 to the Raw. So, all three of us are predicting a Brisbane Raw. Win, yeah, I so think we need it. Yeah, and also I think anyone listening might be, uh, if they're in a tipping competition, maybe going towards the other <laughs> side. <laughs> We've got to collate these tips one week to see who's going well or not. I did plan to oh, do I'm that in the going. week leading up to Christmas, but then I didn't. Okay. So, yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, Scott, thanks for your time. Good to see you again, James. We'll be back next week to recap what is hopefully a successful trifecta of wins for the team. So enjoy the football this weekend, and we will see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.